Hey everybody, this is Travis Wyman and I'm talking to my brother Josh Wyman once again and we're glad to have you back. He still lives in Vermont and I still live in Los Angeles. And this is Stacking Wood. Yeah, how's it been going up in Vermont, Josh? Oh, it's been going pretty well. We had Halloween this past weekend and that's, uh, you know, a New England New England holiday people really enjoy up here. So mm-hmm. I went as Wayne from Wayne's World. And my girlfriend went as Garth, so that's kind of a played-out costume, but it's nice. I think it's important when you go to a party that people identify what you are, you know, pretty without too much explanation, because then they're just like, that's Wayne and that's Garth. I get it. I like those characters. Let's move on with the evening, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't, uh, if it's an ambiguous costume, you think that's unsettling to people? Yeah, just sometimes people try to get too fancy, and it takes a long explanation. Mm-hmm. And then it's like when you have a long build-up to a punchline in a joke, it better be a really good punchline. So if you're going to have a complicated <laughs> costume, it better have a really good punchline in the end. I saw online that a group of, well, three people tr- recreated a meme of a boyfriend looking at another girl as she walks by. Oh, yeah, I know that meme. Yeah, so that's one of those things where if you don't pay attention to the internet or memes or anything, you just wouldn't get it at all. But I thought it was kind of funny because I had seen that meme. How did they do it then? Because that so that meme is there's a a guy walking with his girlfriend. They're walking away in the distance, but the guy is looking back at a girl. It's in the foreground looking at the camera, right? So did they Yeah, so they posed for a picture, but I think if you were just at the party you would have no idea what they were. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Cuz they're wearing the same clothes of the people in the meme, oh, but they would just look like normal people at the party unless you asked them what they were and then they could all get into formation for you. Yeah, that would be a good payoff. I'd be fine with that because that's takes some orchestration. Some mm-hmm. yeah. So what did you did you dress up as anything? For Halloween? Um, no. I uh, I didn't really dress up this year, but I didn't even carve a pumpkin. Did you carve a pumpkin? No. I have a pumpkin, and I meant to carve it, but it just kind of crept up and didn't get around to it. So, bah You got ca- <laughs> to be careful in L.A. Uh, because when it's really hot, the pumpkins will just turn to mush in like a day or two. I actually heard of some people out here doing a couple of rounds of pumpkins. Like they'd buy one, carve one, it would mush down in two days, and then they'd buy another one and do another one. So I think that just is kind of representative of how L.A. isn't supposed to sustain life or things like Halloween, <laughs> but we're forcing it to happen around here anyways. It's like, well, I have the technology to get pumpkins trucked in here, so I'm going to keep having my Halloween in this unnatural setting because, you know, humanity, that's what we do. We live in places we shouldn't live and we uh, do things we shouldn't do because we like to act like gods. It's like having Christmas in Las Vegas. I mean, what do you... There's no trees really naturally occurring. They probably... Sh- do you think they ship evergreen trees into Las Vegas? Yeah, s- same as L.A. Yeah. They ship the trees in and put them near the grove and you can go unbundle a little tree. Mm-hmm. Didn't you? I think when you were living out here, you got a a real tree one year, right? Or I got a, a fake tree at CVS, mm-hmm. and it was it, it snapped into three parts, you know, and you kind of had to 
unravel the branches to spread them out. They're that kind of bendable wire with the green plastic. Oh, yeah. And I remember that. It, and it had lights, I think, built into the tree. Mm-hmm. And I I think I used it three years, you know. And it would, um, to store it every year, I just kept the lights and the ornaments and everything on it. And I just put a black trash bag over it and put it in the garage. Yeah, and in it, our little garage. I remember that. You'd be like, well, Christmas is done. And then put a, <laughs> a black trash bag over the whole thing because it was so tiny. And then, because it was only like four feet tall or three feet tall. And then you'd bring it downstairs to the garage. I don't think. Los Angeles warrants getting a real tree. I don't think that, you know, because they have to ship it in from someplace and use a ton of gas and everything. It's not, you don't need to do that, I don't think. Well, I think it's like a, it's a way to show your your status and level of wealth in the world. <laughs> like, it's like having a pineapple in colonial New England. It meant that you had the cash to uh, get a nice fruit that didn't grow natively in the area. So to offer a pineapple to a visitor was a big deal and an act of friendship. Similarly, having a real Christmas tree in LA is kind of opulent and shows that you're doing well. So yeah, someday I hope to have a lush green grass in LA as well as a freshly cut Christmas tree every year. (laughs) And also a maple tree in like a little biodome somewhere around my house so I can tap maple trees in Los Angeles. You probably could make a, a maple tree live if you really focused. So you want to recreate New England in a tiny little patch of land in Los Angeles? Yeah, because some people out here actually get fake snow blown all over their yards to decorate for the holidays. And I think I'd take it one step further and have a little uh, Truman Show dome where I can just crank up the snow. It's a good uh, substitute for not living in New England. You know, I I just have the real snow, baby. The other way to go is just embrace where you live and just kind of like have Christmas on in kind of a hot area, which is fine. It's in the heart and soul of human beings, the holidays are. It's not where you are. People go to Hawaii to celebrate. Yeah, they should update uh, Charlie Brown Christmas so he has it in Los Angeles and they prove that you don't need snow or a tree or anything to have mm. it. It's about giving and sharing. That was the classiest cartoon ever. I like that. I like how Charlie Brown used to wear dress shoes, right? I think he had little dress shoes on. I think that was, those used to be the only kind of shoes you had, you know, in the 30s. I don't think they mm-hmm. had running shoes. Your running shoes were just your leather shoes. You ran. Yeah. You couldn't give your baby Yeezys back in the 40s and 50s. No. But God, I hope to be able to slip some Yeezys onto my firstborn. Would you get joggers too for your firstborn? You mean the pants? Yeah, some those little tight sweatpants they call joggers. Yes. My firstborn is going to dress like a media mogul. I think I think it's funny when you see <laughs> when you see babies with when they have those tight jeans or tight pants cuz the diaper makes their butt really big. So mm-hmm. they have uh you know, they have normal skinny jeans but then a really big butt. Um, I actually haven't seen that but I 
I'm sure that's happening. It's funny, yeah, they're like, the parents are like, I want my baby to look hot. (laughs) I want my baby to look so hot (laughs) that when I take it to the supermarket, people will be like, oh my God, look at that hot baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some parents just, well, I think having a baby is kind of a, you know, you want to create a smaller version of you that has a better shot at life than you did or can can navigate some things you had trouble with a little bit better because you're watching a tiny version of yourself. So I think some people who maybe didn't have cool jeans in high school, it's easy to buy some cool baby jeans and you see your little self have some cool jeans. Yeah, it's so funny like how in terms of like clothing, the evolution of that, it's always just constantly, it pretty much stems for from uh, musicians or like artsy people just wearing old old shitty things and then everyone it kind of filters up from that i feel like we're in this time continuum right now where the 70s got recycled the 80s got recycled the 90s are getting recycled and then it's just going to be a closed loop where it continues on those three decades forever you don't think it would go back to the 50s or something maybe i don't know you, you should ask Kanye West. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to put out another album. I hope he does, because I actually like his songs. I think he does a decent job. Some people are, you know, they don't like his attitude and all that. But I, I think he's consistently made some good music, and I support him. Yeah, he definitely uh, pushes the envelope. I can't wait to see if Northwest looks like him or Kim more. That'll be, that's the fun of it, I guess. You don't, you don't know what a baby will truly look like until mm-hmm. they're older. Because Brian Williams' daughter on Girls, she kind of looks like her dad, only with, like, a wig on. (laughs) You think she looks like Brian Williams? Yeah, sometimes daughters look like their fathers, only with, like, a wig on. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes... Other times, though... Sometimes sons look like their mom. Yeah. Sometimes they look perfectly 50-50 of both parents. And sometimes they don't look like either parents. I feel like we're doing like a, a children's book <laughs> right now. And sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes they look like the mailman. They look like mommy's friend from the office. Actually, that's funny to think because, uh, you know, the movie The Mailman Rings Twice? I think it's the post. Yeah, well, Postman, yeah. The Postman Rings Twice. Th- isn't that a, about the uh, the postman is having an affair or something? Yeah, I think that's Jack Nicholson, right? Yeah, I've never actually seen it, but I know that the postman is having an affair. And that's always been a joke, like, oh, you having an affair with the milkman? I suppose the affairs will stop once the drones start dropping packages. Yeah, you should make the drone buzzes twice. Oh, yeah. You you sent me, that was a good sketch you wrote the other day, though, about the guy who blocks traffic in Los Angeles. Yeah, traffic is pretty, it's funny, oh, did I tell you, the other day I was driving home from work, and I decided to take Mulholland up from the 405, because it's cool, and you can drive past Jack Nicholson's house, and just look down at Burbank and the Valley on your left side, and on your right side, you can look down into Hollywood, so, you know, it's nice, it's the end of the day, Mm -hmm. and uh, all the other highways were solid red on my phone, so... I thought I'd drive up there, but then that it ended up being a traffic jam at the top of Mulholland too. And uh, I had my windows down and I pulled up next to another guy at a light up there. And 
he suddenly started talking to me because it's like when you're in line in the supermarket and you're both waiting for something. Suddenly there's a camaraderie, even if you don't want there to be. Yeah. So he's like, oh, man, traffic's way worse than it used to be in L.A. Even the past three years, it's getting crazy. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty bad. (laughs) And then I said, well, but that'll be good if we can get uh you know self-driving cars and then everyone can just be coordinated like schools of fish and he said yeah but there'll still be lots of cars and then he, he said to me they everyone should carpool and i said yeah in big minivans carpooling should make a comeback yeah it's just so funny because he had his own theory in his mind he's been developing on how to solve the problem and i had my own vision of what the future could be but um didn't Kobe Bryant used to take a helicopter from Orange County up to go to practice at the Lakers stadium, I think? Yeah, someone told me he used to fly from Orange County in his helicopter, land on the helipad on top of this like luxury building right next to the Staples Center, and he owned in a condo or an apartment in that building so he could land there, take the elevator down, go to practice, and, and live next to the staples center if he needed to if you had a hundred million dollars what would you uh where would you live in greater la do you think if you had a hundred million dollars i don't know i kind of like where i am in silver lake i think i'd just get a kind of a medium-sized house there and just pocket all the rest you know for a rainy day oh yeah you just get a, a decent place in silver lake you think yeah and i think it would be key to have um, just my own spot to park so I don't have to worry about street parking. It's funny, I'm I'm thinking like a, a real normal person. <laughs> like I'm like, yeah, just a place to park my car. You wouldn't and, want... Uh, you- in a backyard so that if I had a dog or something, they could walk around and be comfortable. And I could be comfortable too and sit back there, you know. You know what I would do? What? You know the that glass egg building in London? Mm-hmm. I would build that in, in uh, on the coast of uh, Malibu, and then I'd have a helicopter take me to wherever I worked every day. <laughs> you thought a lot bigger than me. Yeah, yeah, up on that bluff, you know what is that Point Magoo or something? The uh, mm. you know or Zuma Zuma Beach. Yeah, I'd have a big glass Easter egg up on the cliff overlooking Zuma Beach. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What is that building in London? Is that a like a government building? I think so. The I think the mayor of London is in another glass thing they call the testicle, right? It's a little glass built. It's a round one. Oh no, that's the same one, right? I think it's, it's two separate ones. They like glass uh, mm-hmm. buildings. Well, that was like an early two thousands, mid two thousand architectural thing. Lots of glass, and then there was the brutalism of the fifties and sixties with the cement. Yeah. Architecture is funny. It's just like fashion, but a little more expensive. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's uh, the name of that building in London they call the Gherkin is 30 St. Mary Axe. And it's a commercial skyscraper in London's primary financial district. So it's a commercial building. That big Easter egg? Yeah, the Gherkin. Yeah, London's a cool place. I remember spending a semester there in college with the family, the Salisbury's. Yeah. What was your favorite part about that semester in London? Hmm, I don't know. Just hearing the slang, I suppose, and hearing people talk 
with Cockney, which is like the more working class accent. Because mm-hmm. and also one thing that confused me is my host brothers and sisters would always say, "Hey, Travis, are you you all right? Are you all right?" And I would one think that they were asking me if I was okay, like physically or emotionally. But really, it's just like saying, "What's up? How's it going?" <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I, I was confused the first whole month. They kept saying, "You all right?" And I'd say, "Yeah, I'm okay. I'm doing all." Right. <laughs> they were just saying, "What's up?" Yeah, they were going, "What's up, man?" Mm-hmm. I remember in um, I think junior high, I wasn't cool enough to know. That uh, what's up? You just can say what's up back to someone that says what's up. So someone mm-hmm. would say what's up to me, and I would say, "Oh, doing pretty good," you know. Like, Wait, I, uh, no, what you can you can follow a question with a question. Yeah, I don't think that's true. I don't think like if I were to say what's up to you, and then you just say what's up back. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I don't think. That's not right. No, I don't. I've never heard that. Uh, well, okay. Wait, who told you that? I think so. I don't know. Someone, some cool kid, told me that. <laughs> some guy smoking behind my Adnock Regional High School. You know, one of the cool kids from high school that had a Jetta or something. Mm. Yeah, that was the cool, like the cool car to have in the late nineties was a Jetta. Listening to Eminem in the Jetta. Yeah. That's what. <laughs> Do you ever get dried out because of the the arid climate of Los Angeles out there? Do you feel like you have to drink more water, you think? No, not too bad. It does sneak up on you, though. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about getting a humidifier, which I haven't had since I was a kid, but I think it would be good to have. I think you can even add, like, uh, scent to your vaporizers these days. Like, if you want your whole room to smell like cucumber, you can do that. Remember when we used to uh, stain, you know, the deck of our house or something, and then your hands would be covered with that oil-based stain, and then we used to just wash our hands off with gasoline to get the stain off? Yeah, or turpentine. Or turpentine. And then I never realized it, but it soaks right into your skin, and you feel a little high afterwards. But I never thought about that growing up because our dad was just like, yeah, just use a little gas. It takes it right off. But they, <laughs> I think there's a warning not to do that on the turpentine uh, mm-hmm. container and stuff. But, you know, whatever. We're fine. Right? We turned out. Mm-hmm. We're okay. Yeah. So. I feel like future generations always look back and <clears throat> they're like, what? Their phones were that close to their dicks? <laughs> What were they thinking? Those were like little little microwave ovens next to their dicks. <laughs> you just used to keep it right down by your dick? Oh, my God. Like, they'll all be standing wearing their spandex leotard outfits in the future. <laughs> the cell phones. Talking about how ridiculous we are and how unhealthy we were eating Cheez-Its that were all processed and driving... Fossil fuel burning cars and sucking in the vapors that those cars expelled. And if there was one accident on the highway, it would just jam up the whole system every morning on the 10 freeway. And and they they don't have to deal with any of that. And we probably just look like fools. There's It is kind of crazy that we can't just have clean air. You have to, you know, there's exhaust in the air and like a big truck drives by and it's really dirty and it, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to look like Victorian England to mm-hmm. people like 
a hundred years from now. Yeah, how we thought it was disgusting. They burned coal to heat all their homes, and it was even maybe maybe this is a stretch, but even like eating meat, they'll be like, oh, they were just raising a bunch of cattle and (laughs) slaughtering them and (laughs) eating big sloppy hamburgers. Yeah, I think that that'll probably what a bunch of savages. Yeah, that'll probably be savage. Everyone's going to be vegan in the future. Maybe not though. Or yeah, it'll go the other way. It'll be Mad Max. Could be Mad Max. And in that case, we're going to look like such sophisticated intellectuals to those people. Yeah, I'd actually prefer that because then we'd look better. If it like was. like if we are peak civilization right now, although that's a sad thought. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best we can do. This is the best we're gonna do, guys. Like we have reached the top of the mountain. <laughs> be like they'll dig up uh, this podcast and say, "Oh my god, they used to they talk about uh, they talk about the moral implications of eating meat." It's like mm-hmm. we just uh, we just eat uh, radioactive carcasses off the side of the road now. Yeah, sometimes they're even still alive, and we let them stay alive while we eat bits because it keeps the meat fresh. (laughs) Oh, that's (laughs) that was that messed up part of the road, right, where they're keeping the people alive so they can eat bits. Yeah, or the walking dead. Yeah. Oh, it's messed up. Messed up show. Messed up show. Messed up show. Messed up show. No need to watch that if you've had a rough day. It's funny how you uh, choose, at least I do, I choose shows based on the kind of day I had. Like, if it was a rough day, if I was sitting on the 10 freeway for an hour and a half and I get home, I'm going to probably want to watch something pretty light and funny, you know, maybe like Wet Hot American Summer or something like that. Mm -hmm. But if the day was clear skies... Perfect temperature. <laughs> Everyone, my good friends are sending me texts all day long. I'm probably going to get home and be like, you know what? I've got to balance this out. I'm going to watch a little Walking Dead. Yeah, or the Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones can be, you have to be in a mood to watch that, I guess. But that's pretty good balance of action and dark stuff, I think. So Yeah, yeah. that's pretty, it's not too bad on there unless that, aside from that uh, man getting his head popped... Yeah, that was. I was watching that <clears throat> when I watched that guy get his head popped on Game of Thrones. I was laying in my bed with the laptop up on my chest, so the screen was really close. And uh, <laughs> I did. I, I was about. To, it was probably eleven thirty at night, and I just want you know wanted to see the new Game of Thrones. And mm-hmm. It just he started going ah, and I was like, oh no, he's gonna kill him. And he goes ah wait wait who goes uh the little guy getting the guy getting his head popped yeah and then then he just (laughs) starts screaming so much and i was like oh no and i couldn't turn the sound down because my arms were under the covers and Mm -hmm. and i had (laughs) i I had earbuds in so i just had to kind of squint my eyes because i wanted to see it but i (laughs) was just so bad I couldn't stop listening to it because the earbuds. So you were kind of like pinned under your own covers watching this guy get his head popped. Yeah, it was kind of, I had to watch the guy get his head popped. Oh Um, man. We should do a whole podcast episode (laughs) where we ask everyone where they were and what they were doing when they saw that happen. I was, I was eating some Doritos and I, it was a good night and then he got his head popped. 
Yeah, his head popped someone off. else, someone, someone else just watched it on their phone as they were like taking the bus home or something. Yeah, <laughs> I was taking the bus home. A smooth ride. Oh was, Jesus! Guy got yeah. his head popped. Um, mm. yeah. yeah, that was. I remember Jack made me watch the Red Wedding, uh, and he thought it was funny to watch my reaction to the Red Wedding. That Wait, was, just that specific scene? Yeah, and I hadn't even watched that whole season. And Wait, he, when did Jack do that? He did that well, a while ago when the Red Wedding happened. I was at Maddie's house, and he mm-hmm. uh, sat me down and had me watch the Red Wedding. <laughs> and uh, thank you, Jack. Yes, yeah, sir. Friend of the show, Jack Allison. Yes. He likes to watch people react to uh, <laughs> to videos. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that is a whole genre on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Kids listening to records. Well, I guess, you know, watching... Human beings like to see how other human beings respond to something because it, it validates our feelings, you know? Like, mm-hmm. if you really... Sometimes when I'm watching a movie... And I'm really enjoying a part. I look at the person next to me just to be like, are you seeing this? Is this it's good, right? You know, it's better to share things. So, yeah, no, I shared a video today with Lindsay. I sent her a video of because it's getting colder out. The World Cup ski season will be back again. And I enjoy watching that. And there's this old clip on uh, this sports network for winter sports. And it shows a Frenchman <clears throat> going down a ski slope. And then he just misjudges where a gate is, which a gate is two like uh, fiberglass posts sticking out of the snow connected by like a flag kind of. And um, you'll you'll see it in the Olympics this winter in South Korea. But uh, anyways, he hits it and he's probably going like 50 or 60 miles per hour, but he hits the fiberglass pole and it, it gets him right in the crotch. <laughs> and uh, he immediately does a really high pitched scream that the mic picks up, even though the mic is like 50 feet away. He goes, ah! <laughs> and then the sports announcer he grabs oh, at his crotch the skier French skier does and he's trying to slow down because the race is over he hit the gate and he got the thing nutted him so how fast was he going, going like 50 or 60 oh, maybe they can go as fast as like 80 sometimes oh. but he was just wearing a spandex suit and he goes ah and then the the announcer goes oh ho, ho, ho. the Frenchman Monsieur, <laughs> and he goes, "Ooh, you you could feel that from here." It's just really funny. I hope the guy's okay. Like, I hope he can still have children and everything. But if you find that clip on uh, YouTube, it's pretty funny. Well, I'm gonna have to check that out. I think. Have you seen that? No. Well, you sent it to me earlier in the day, but I was at work, so I didn't have time to look at it. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if anyone's curious where I work, I work for the state of Vermont. So that's, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I just want to let everyone know. I help mm-hmm. service Vermonters. So, but no one else. No if one. If a New else. Hampshire resident came for help, you would turn them away. Yeah, I wouldn't help a New Hampshire right? even though or I, a Mainer, Mainer, maniac. Do you guys make fun? Do people in Vermont make fun of New Hampshire people kind of playfully in a fun way? Have you noticed that? Because I feel like Vermont and New Hampshire, they're cool with each other, but they both make fun of Massachusetts and and Maine too. Like Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine are all cool with each other, but then they give a lot of crap to Massachusetts. Yeah, because 
you know, we, neither of those states or none of those states have that large of a city, you know, like Portland, mm-hmm. Maine's not that big. Burlington, Vermont's not that big. So I think we're just ganging up. On, it was like, oh, the city people, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's why those states band together. But I don't think Vermont doesn't really pick on New Hampshire. I don't. I haven't noticed. No, I mean, uh, I think New Hampshire people kind of make fun of how liberal Vermont is sometimes. Like call them a bunch of hippies, maybe. And um, maybe Vermonters will say that New Hampshire is more like into the NRA and stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. aside from that, like New Hampshire is actually getting more liberal. Maybe that's because more. Liberal people are moving there, or things are just changing. But well, Manchester has was it Route ninety three that runs straight up from Boston, and mm-hmm. a lot of people live in New Hampshire for the low taxes because there's no sales tax, and really low income tax or no income tax. Yeah, yeah, but, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. but property tax is really high in New Hampshire to make up for all that. Yeah, but it, so if you're renting in New Hampshire, though, and commuting to Boston, you're getting that nice paycheck in Boston, and then you're not getting taxed. So a yeah. lot of people live in Manchester and work in Boston. Mm-hmm. So, it's But like, I, I do think it's funny growing up, like you just learned from your relatives and stuff, they'll say things like, call the Massachusetts people flatlanders or mass holes. <laughs> It'd be like, oh, look at these mass holes coming up to New Hampshire, you know. Yeah. Bunch of flatlanders. Well, I remember <clears throat> talking to people from Boston growing up, and, you know, we loved watching the Red Sox since, you know, probably, what, 96 or something? You know, re- mm-hmm. really watching it. But you used to talk to someone from Boston, and you'd say, like, oh, we really did good this year about about the Red Sox. And they're like, well, it's not your team. You're not from Boston. It's like, well, we don't have a team because we're a little state. But you, we still like them. You can't, you know. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you, in terms of, like, uh, New Hampshire and Vermont or, like, New York State and Vermont, have you had any uh, <clears throat> interactions with people who live in New York who come over to Burlington or... We always have people visiting from out of state. There's a lot of New Yorkers that come up here mm-hmm. from New York City. And, you know, New York State's just across the lake. So there's a, you always see a lot of New York plates. Um, but, uh, you know, leaf peeping season just is kind of winding down. You know? Oh, have you had to go to the, the sob mechanic in a while or no? No, my, my car is running pretty well. I, have, I just got a registration sticker. So that's mm-hmm. good. And I think I'm going to have to try to pass inspection, but I don't think it'll be a problem. The, it's a 97, right? <clears throat> yeah, it's an, I have a 97 Saab 900 Turbo that I got in Santa Monica before I left Los Angeles. And so it doesn't really have much rust because rust is a big problem up in Vermont because they salt the roads to melt the snow. Mm-hmm. And the you know salty slush will get up under your car and it it rots the underneath so you know a car that looks nice the paint looks nice up here it's maybe even a 2010 subaru if you look underneath the muffler and everything will be all rusted out because people will park it in the snowbank and they don't clean the salt off so yeah you, you stomp your foot too hard you'll go down through yeah by god yeah, uh, but I, yeah, I love that Saab. That thing's a classic, and it's not mileage isn't too bad. Like that, you should keep that thing going. Yeah, hundred fifty-two thousand miles. I bought it at ninety-eight thousand miles on it 
for twenty three hundred. She was asking twenty six hundred. I got mm-hmm. her, got her down three hundred on it. And that, the thing that I oh, what were you gonna say? Oh, uh, she kept texting me to ask how it was running for like a year after I bought it from her. Just randomly, not too much, but just you know, like every three months, she'd be like, "How's the sob running?" Because I think she really liked it a lot. So. Well, people get attached to them because they went <clears throat> under around the company. Went under around, I think, 2010 or 2011. So people that have them now really like them and have formed like a little community online. It's like having driving around a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, it's a, the company's extinct. Once, yeah. once they all get the salt under them and get rotted out, there won't be any more sobs unless, well, you know, Southern California or Arizona, nice dry climates will keep the mm-hmm. cars nice, but... The East Coast just eats up cars. Just well, maybe when I when I come back around Thanksgiving, I'll give it a spin. Yeah, sure. You can take her around. The turbo the turbo still kicks in, and it's uh when it's cold weather, mm-hmm. it likes it better. It gives it a little more power because the yeah. You were telling me that yeah. It's turbo season. <laughs> it's kind of nice. It's almost like having a living, breathing thing. Mm-hmm. That gets you around because it's almost like it, uh, like a horse that gets excited when the cold weather comes, and it, it can run longer and not overheat. Yeah, it makes it more fun to get to work when you get that little extra bit of power. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's fun. Try oh, it. uh, you seen any good comedy lately? When don't I? <laughs> <laughs> you living? Yeah. So, have you seen? Honestly, though, no, I haven't been to shows in the past week or so i haven't had time really like i do my nine to five i write my sketches and stuff like that but i think tonight after we're done doing this i'm gonna go see a show maybe if you guys want to hear a a good sketch though travis's most recent one i really enjoyed it's a i don't want to say the whole premise i wish we could read it you liked it yeah i liked it i don't think it was like that crazy it's just like i just like the details it's a the main it's a character sketch about a guy that causes la traffic and it's Mm -hmm. it's very good travis you did a good job oh well thank you yeah yeah i'm thinking actually tomorrow night doing shabby just get write a character tonight and do that so that'd be fun yeah it has a good vibe now it's no longer at the franklin theater but uh the sunset one is good too there's more seating and stuff like that. Oh, nice! Uh, for any listeners, remember when we? Oh, what were you going to say? For any listeners that don't know, we're talking about the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in Los Angeles, and uh, there's shows seven days a week. Stop on by. Yeah, remember the very first shabby we did a long time ago? Yeah, that was uh, it. Was a Shawshank Redemption sketch, right? Yeah, I think the whole joke was that we made it out. We we went through that little sewage pipe and we had <laughs> a trash bag with our fresh clothes tied to our ankles behind us, like in the movie. So we crawled out onto the stage covered in uh, chocolate pudding, like we had gone through the <laughs> through the sewage, yeah, <laughs> through the yeah the sewage pipe. And then we stand up and do the thing where we spin in the rain because we've gotten out of the Shawshank prison. <laughs> and then I think your character just wanted to like 
have fun because you'd been eyeing the the big marsh that we landed in and you just wanted to have fun in it and then go back up the pipe back into the prison. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't really make sense no. why your character... But we were so young at the time, like, we hadn't even really done all the ca- classes yet. No. So I think what got a big laugh was I took out a shank at one point and it was a, <laughs> a tinfoil, big piece of aluminum foil we had crimped and it was kind of crooked. And uh, so we made light of shanks. It was a pr- it was a prop joke. Ulti- yeah, ultimately, it was carrot top. Uh, it was a carrot top move. Yeah. You, you had a funny looking shank and you brought the yeah. house down. <laughs> I don't even think back then. Didn't like bring the UCB, house <laughs> No, there weren't even that many people there. I remember Probably. we used to go to Herald nights, and there'd be maybe like six or seven people watching the Herald. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, early days of the West Coast. Yeah, or like Nick Weiger did his one-man show, uh, People Who Suck at What They Do. And we went and watched it one time, and there was like maybe 10 people <laughs> watching Nick Weiger dance with like a bow tie and suspenders on. Because his whole bit was that he was showing up for like a 1920s kind of vaudeville act, but his friend had died on the way to the theater. So he was playing both the parts of like the comedy duo. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really fun. It was I, good. When I saw him doing that, I was like, this is a fun place, you know? Yeah. No, it's a, it's a lot of fun. That place is, yeah. That's the spirit of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you're getting over there and, uh, you know, mixing up. I hope you bring another shank over there. You should you should resurrect the shank sketch. Just bring, Oh, like just, I don't even know where we'd find it. Maybe there's an old, do you still have the original big computer that we wrote it on? Oh, that's uh, probably the PC, the desktop. I don't know where that is. <laughs> There's probably some gems on there. Yeah, some buried sketches. I don't know what to do with all that stuff. I feel like everyone's in the same boat that's our age. You have a big square computer somewhere with a hard drive on it, and you just haven't taken the time to take the stuff off the hard drive. Yeah, we should start a business to extract, you know, I don't know. You wouldn't want to mail a computer somewhere to get the stuff put on a hard drive, but I would like all that stuff just on a solid-state drive so I don't have to worry mm-hmm. about it getting erased or something. Yeah. yeah. I, it's funny. I read an article the other day. I don't know where it was from, but it says that we are in the age group of the, uh, the a new classification of generation. We're not Generation X, and we're not quite millennials. We're like a very specific five-year period called Xennials. Someone dubbed us Xennials or Xennials. Okay. Because we <laughs> didn't, we had like disposable cameras to take pictures when we were in high school. Mm-hmm. And then we took pictures with like digital cameras in college and didn't really have cell phones. Not Nobody really had cell phones until just after we graduated. Mm-hmm. So we, we grew up without you know, smartphones and YouTube and all that, but we still know how to use it because we started using it right after college. So it's like we we bridged the gap between Generation X and uh, the millennials. Mm-hmm. It was a very interesting time. I all that, like technology really, you know, accelerated between 2003 and 2006 and the economy crashed in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like a lot of interesting stuff going on. I don't know. You know what I liked uh, when I was a little hungover in Los Angeles? I used to like to go to Cactus Taqueria. On mm-hmm. is that on Vine? It is on Vine Street. Yeah, right? near Vine and Santa Monica. Yeah, right where we used to live. 
Yeah, if anyone's listening in Los Angeles, go to Cactus Taqueria, and you can get, there's a, a Mexican market uh, right behind it, and you can get a Mexican Coca-Cola there, and it's made with real sugar cane, and it goes great with a breakfast burrito when you're hungover, so mm-hmm. nice tip. Take Fountain when the traffic's backed up, and go to Cactus Taqueria. You sound like a tour guide right there. You should do. You should come out here, Josh, and get a van, one of those vans you cut the roof off, and give burrito tours where you just everyone hops in, and it's a known that that's what you're going to do all day. You just talk to them on the little microphone thing. Yeah, and you give funny little stories like. Yeah, you can get a you can get a chicken burrito if you want here, um, but uh, yeah, no funny business. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of any jokes. I've never been a tour guide. I respect tour guides that can keep the chatter going the whole time. Because I think did you go with us one time when our family came to Los Angeles? We did the Beverly Hills tour of the stars. Did you go on that? Yeah, what was that guy's name again? He had a whole hustle going on. Oh, what was his name? It was like Little Jimmy or Skinny Pete or something. Little Frankie, Little Jimmy, I don't know. Yeah, he's a skinny little guy with long sideburns and he had a He looked like he was like an old time like a kid from Brooklyn that would be playing stickball, but he was, <laughs> <Yeah>. but he was <laughs> but he was a tour guide in Hollywood and he said he did sets at the comedy store or something, but I think he... Oh, was he like a stand-up? Well, I think he did bringer shows, because I don't think he... I don't know. I don't think he... His name isn't on the wall, I don't think, but um, he he was funny, though. He took a... You know, he... What did he... He dropped someone off on Rodeo and had them run into a store and buy something, and... I think well, no, not buy some. Did they buy something? A woman also, bought a purse. We, I think we would ask people, "What did you buy and how much did it cost?" Which was like kind of a rude thing to say to somebody, but <laughs> he kept like having the whole tour bus ask that of people. Yeah, he would say, "Sir, what did you buy and how much did it cost?" But I think he would say, "Have us all chant it," like how people at the beginning of Wheel of Fortune say, "Wheel of Fortune." We would say, "Like, what did you buy and how much did it cost?" <laughs> <laughs> and then they'd get peer pressured into say, taking it out of their shopping bag and showing it to. This was stacking wood with Josh and Travis Wyman. See you next time. I go on and on, can't understand how I last so long. I must have superpowers, rap 225,000 hours. Get a calculator, do the